0: If you have comments about today's show or any questions, please email sherry at sherryhillshow.com. Author and creator of Youth Positive, exploring the unique genius of every 21st century adolescent, Molly Dahl is a positive education specialist. She taught in the high school classroom before setting out on a grand new adventure to write Youth Positive, She holds a master's degree in educational leadership and a certificate in positive psychology from the Whole Being Institute. She has been teaching principles of living life happier to adults and young people since 1990. Youth Positive brings together theory and practice, rigorous science and practical advice. This is an important roadmap for youth and their teachers for creating a happier, better world. So welcome, Molly. It was great to run into you up at the lake and uh, to connect and see all the good stuff you're doing. So your belief and educational philosophy is that every child has genius within and can learn and grow in positive directions.
1: Yes, Uh, it sounds challenging. It sounds like a, a great big thing, especially with the things that are happening in the education world. Um, What I find in education to be most useful is to remember that we're teaching human beings. We're not teaching math. We're not teaching science. We're not teaching economics. We're teaching real-life human beings, and when we can see a student, a child, see who they are, know where they are, then we as the teachers and the educational professionals can really address the needs of that child. Mm-hmm. And when there's a, a kid, I like the word kid because I, you know, they're students, they're learners, and you know them. You get to know them over the course of the year, and so you have a more familiar um, relationship with them. And so when you can see a kid and see who they are and where they come from and know, oh, they don't have that. Of course they're not going to get this next step. Let's go back, let's review, let's get you solid on that first step. And then just bring them step by step. And they really, they love that when someone sees them and pays attention to them and meets them where they are.
0: Absolutely. Well, a lot of what, you know, I I was reading on your website and some of the practice that comes through Youth Positive is really, it's helping build their self-esteem, but mindfulness. And you're also a meditation, yoga, you know, all that. But so how, how do you actually get that into these environments?
1: You know, well, it's really easy in education because mindfulness is a well, it's an ancient practice, but it's a new word for Western culture. And it, in the classroom, it just means pay attention. And so every day, all day long, teachers are asking their students, please pay attention, please pay attention, please pay attention. It's nothing new in the education world. But now we have this mindfulness that we can bring in and ask our students to pay attention with intention. And so it just it's just a very subtle twist on what we're already doing, but maybe bringing in a little bit more student perspective. What's your intention as you're learning Spanish? So you're paying attention. I have an intention. Oh, I'm going to study abroad. Okay, I know I really need this. Spanish was my area, so I use that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know that I'm going to be using my Spanish down the road. So my intention is to really get fluent. And so when we can simply use pay attention as an AKA mindfulness sort of thing, Then we really help students take ownership of their learning because they are attentive to it as they're learning it. And then it matters so it lands and it makes connections in the brain and they create a whole uh, uh, educational word, a schema, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of like a structure for when they get out there to Chile. They have a, a structure where they can hang new words, new Vocabulary structure of grammar and things like that.
0: So it's, it becomes where they are now accountable. I, I saw the word accountability where the student becomes accountable for their own education, yeah. which I don't think, you know, when, when we read all the stuff about our school district and all that, we never hear about the student being accountable for their own education. Talk about how in your youth positive, that, you know, that's one of the grounding factors, right?
1: Yeah, thank you. The Accountability has always been a big word in my time in education. I grew up <laughs> with accountability in my own personal family structure, and so it's always something that's just been running in me. And I learned an interesting thing along the way that we think that other people think like we do. And so when I just moved into the education world and I thought everybody thought like I did, I had some a growth curve (laughs) Mm -hmm. that not everybody understands accountability in the same way, and as I saw students learning and navigating how do I be an adolescent and how do I manage my academics, for me it was, it was just a natural thing to teach them accountability. Look, your grade is yours, I'm your teacher and I don't give you the grade, you earn that. I give you everything that you need to succeed learning a second language but you have to do the work. And doing the work is where you become accountable. And as this is the great thing about uh, self-esteem, development of positive self-esteem, is when a student is accountable, they have a learning goal, they accomplish it, they get that check mark, that's where self-esteem comes from, is from action, doing, and completing. And so holding a student accountable grows their self-esteem, grows their interest in what they're doing, and it becomes that positive feedback loop. Oh, I did that. I can do that. That's so exciting. And then they're motivated to do the next step or go to the next level. It's really interesting. In Nevada, foreign language, world languages um, is an elective. And so the kids that we had when I I was at Reed for my last portion of my teaching career, elective. And so, you know, you get the kids that take the first and the second year because they want it, it looks good, and they're going to college. I taught second year and, and third year, and then it was AP. At Reed we had the highest level of AP classes. Um, I think we had four language classes, oh, we had five because we had French. Taking those students from that second year, oh, that's enough, you know. I had an 85 percent matriculation rate is what it's called so 85 percent of my second year students went to a third year which was like a elective elective because they felt that ownership and were super excited that oh my gosh i'm speaking a second language and so when you hold them accountable you give them all that good inner stuff Mm -hmm. that kids need anyway absolutely (laughs) they're right in the thick of that process of developing it and so let's just here, let's make it easy for you. Yeah. So
0: a lot of your work in youth positive is obviously pointed towards the kids, but also you help teachers understand how to use your program, your curriculum, and and so kind of lay a foundation for if I'm a teacher listening to this going, wow, I don't know anything about youth positive, mm-hmm. and I could bring this into my classroom. What does that look like? Yeah,
1: thanks. Uh, The neat thing about it is because it's individual for every student, it's their own self-exploration and discovery, it can be used in any way that works best for any classroom or school. It can be for the enrichment or advisory, so every kid, I have a school in Susanville, every kid in school gets it in the advisory. They're all in the same lesson all the way through the year. And so it's a school-wide, we're using these positive words, we're all using mindfulness together. And then I have certain schools where it's just a one or two classes are using it for the freshman transitions down in Carson High. We have th- four classes for freshman transition. Um, and those teachers, I have two separate teachers, uh, one of them, her population level is, is different than the other. So they're navigating dependent on the students that they have. It can be embedded into any curriculum. One of the gals at Carson, she's embedding it into her health curriculum. We did a nine week study over there and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. It was so great. It ties right in with the health standards and the health curriculum. It's really, really good in language arts and English classes because it's a really great place to take the understanding of character development if you're reading a novel why did the character do that? What was the motivation? What was the emotional stuff happening? This decision. And so as students start to unfold that in a character over there, then they can come into the self and it's a little less scary because, oh, I just, we just looked at, you know, the character in whichever novel, and now I'm doing that for myself. I did, I made that decision. I did that. What was I thinking at the time? What was the emotional happenings in my inner world that led me to make that decision? And so it can go anywhere in any grade level. What I have currently that's really working is sixth grade through 12th grade. And any, any classroom, it can be embedded. Any, pro, any we called it enrichment at Reed, but there's another word that's more common, advisory. And just as much as a teacher wants to do, and as a teacher that's so you mentioned the teacher. What do I do if I'm the teacher? And I really, ha- this sounds great that we have, I've created a second business. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Go good. Oh, you didn't have really? enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have enough
1: to to do anyway for the teacher because I realized going into the different schools, if the teacher is a little shaky or it's not their area, then it it doesn't have the impact that it could. And so mindful seed, S-E-A-D is what Nevada is using now for social emotional academic development. So the mindful part of it is the mindfully, mindfulness-based social emotional academic development, which is a tongue twister. But it's for the teacher. What is the social learning that kids need? What is the emotional self-awareness and self-regulation? I don't even know what that means for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do I teach it to a student? And so for the teacher, we, it's again, it scales because every teacher is individual and unique, I wanna know where you are, how, what's your depth of knowledge, and what do you need to be comfortable to take this back into your classroom, whatever curriculum area you're in. And so we we go from the kid to the teacher, from the teacher to the student, and we get that whole school approach. It's critical for the teacher to have at least a basic knowledge
0: Absolutely. And we have to go to break. Come back. I'm going to pick up with Molly Dahl, who is the founder and creator of Youth Positive. Definitely check out the website, youthpositive.net. We'll be right back.
1: If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International.
0: SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening Products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening three five two nine three nine six. SunTech Solar Screening. Well known for her focus on engaging, student-centered teaching and applying proven methods that uphold sound educational practices, Molly Dahl, founder and creator of Youth Positive has watched her students flourish in her classroom and leave at the end of the school year happier, more involved in their own education, and ready to embrace all that life has to offer. She's the author of Youth Positive, Exploring the Unique Genius of Every 21st Century Adolescent. And Molly, you spend a lot of time working with educators and school districts, not necessarily our own, however... Um, you know, people are reaching out from across the country because what you're doing works.
1: It does work. It does work. It's I did a certificate of positive psychology which I had been studying informally for about 4 or 5 years with a professor up, um from University of Oregon in Corvallis. And I was it this positive psychology totally revolutionized how I showed up as a school teacher. And So I see these big big challenges that we have in education and my experience shows me that if you create relationships with your students they will learn. They will learn and students need somebody to see them and when you can see them and offer them what they need they learn. So I wanted every teacher to have the most amazing experiences that I had in my classroom I taught. I was in my own classroom for 15 years, and my last year was my best, and it was crazy. Structurally wise at this school, it was just, we went from an hour and 15 minute classes to 49 minutes, seven of them all day long. I had 218 kids my last year teaching, so you see 218 kids every single day, and you have to know exactly where they are and what they know, and how come they don't remember past tense verbs, and why they don't know that vocabulary, so just imagine a dentist seeing 218 people in one day. You know, you really have to know them. But because of my grounding in positive psychology, understanding how to maintain myself as the teacher, how to be patient, how to not get worked up, how to not get overwhelmed, just the techniques that I had learned made that year my very best year. And when I told my students I was leaving, Ah, we all wept together. (laughs) And I said, but listen, my grandma doll, she always used to say, leave while you're having fun. And I'm having a blast, and I want to keep this, and I want to go share it with teachers, other teachers, so that more and more teachers can be such a positive, powerful impact on their students.
0: Well, I think that's fantastic because, you know, there is kind of a revolution going on around the country where teachers are stepping up and saying not just about pay, but, you know, Common Core, whatever all the reasons are, and, you know, just pushing these kids through school to graduation, I think there is a lot missing. And so how do you get this out in a more, um, well, besides coming on radio shows and things like that, to let people know there is opportunity for youth positive to come into the classrooms, or if I'm a teacher... Go out to your website, youthpositive.net. You can order the book, and you have curriculum. You have all kinds of stuff. You know That would be your message
1: to teachers, right? Yes, that is my message. And this is, this is my big question, too. How do you get it out there? I'm learning how to be an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. Uh, I'm learning marketing. That's really hard for me. I'm not a really great self-sales person. <laughs> but I am. It's just mostly it's been word of mouth. And some people have found me on the internet, which is really great. I had a a man, Mauricio, in Brazil. We're working together now. He found me online. He bought everything that he could buy. I shipped it all to him. And he's um, getting a program going for youth, and hopefully we'll get him some online training. So to address that very question, the second business I have, MindfulSeed.org, is the nonprofit that we've created my business partner and I, Dr. Deb Oliver, to expand our outreach to teachers and district level administrators. We recently were a sub-awardee on a grant to the Nevada Department of Education, the NDE. So Deb and I, as Mindful Seed, in conjunction with Sierra Nevada College, it gets sticky with all the Mm -hmm. grant stuff, we are hosting the first ever Mindful education leadership summit up at Sierra Nevada College and that's happening next Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and it's for educational leaders around the state of Nevada to kind of inform everybody what is mindfulness in education, why is it why is it this big thing now? What does it really do? And so it's a focus on how mindfulness allows a student to really learn and develop, really cultivate the skills of being socially aware, of being self-aware and being able to self-manage, being able to, this is great, I was, I'm just preparing my presentation and, and the research I'm reading, is what's happening in the big world of education, but not in the small world, not in the district to district to district yet, is bringing intuition into the classroom which you don't hear about intuition in education, but the brain sciences, the neuroscience of the adolescent brain development shows us that as kids are in that, that stage where it's uh, the reward behavior, the dopamine circuits are mm. super active, and so it's the risky behavior. Kids know, they know the the negative possibilities of these risky behaviors, but they are, their brains want positive so they want the high emotional intensity they want the high social interaction and it's all happening in the brain and so as this cycles through then the brain moves into this phase that's um, just thinking like you get the gist of things and it's more of a holistic i can see the big picture sort of concept and where they get that big picture is listening on the inside being able to tune into the intuition tap into their own core values, and make good decisions. And so it's it's this natural, organic, biological process in the brain of moving from this high risk reward behavior into a more holistic, see the big picture, listen on the inside, and be able to make a good decision. And so as more and more universities are developing and creating contemplative studies, which contemplative studies means mindfulness, meditation, and how it affects brain development, so this is happening Mm -hmm. in Oregon. Uh, Richie Davidson probably might have been the first at Madison, Wisconsin. I just listened to a professor at a uh, graduation at a Buddhist university. He's from Brown University, and he's the head of the contemplative studies at Brown. So it's really happening, and it's teaching kids to go in, to listen to their intuition as a natural part of the brain development. Which could revolutionize education.
0: Well, and there, yes, absolutely, <laughs> and there's. I'm so glad to hear that a lot of this is going on, and people are starting to pay attention to it, because what's going on in actually in the classroom for the many, yeah. not necessarily the few like yourself that went out and figured all this out. I mean, what they're required to do and their days—it's just such a struggle. So you know, hopefully anyone listening that has a teacher in their life or a student yeah. to pick up your book, Youth Positive, go out to youthpositive.net and at least get a grip on, you know, this movement and this knowledge. And it's not just made up. I mean, it really is based on the science. Yes, that's and, right. and like you said, really getting to know these kids who, you know, for the most part, want to be successful.
1: They do, and they're good. I get so heartbroken when I hear negative things about teenagers. They're my favorite group of people on the planet. They're so excited about life. Their brains are so hungry to know who they are and what they can do and where they can go, and our education has kind of its well, taken it's a moved path. Testing yeah. and
0: regurgitating, you know, all yeah. that old stuff that we've all figured out doesn't work anymore, doesn't work. yet we can't seem to we're moving at a glacial pace as far as high school education, certainly. I mean, what's, what's going to take to move this needle to have districts adopt things like a youth positive that really help the
1: teacher? What is it going to take to move the needle? That's my question. And part of that, that's a tiny sliver of why I left the classroom. I thought I could have a bigger impact by reaching more and more teachers, more district level you know, spreading across the nation. I have a school in the Boston area. I have individual schools in the New York City area. And it's it's growing. It's slow. I feel like a glacier. Yes. <laughs> you know, but I- what what
0: are some of the results? I mean, what are people saying? They've got it in their
1: school. They you know, The students love it. The teachers who have used it and, and are using it, they love it I just met with one of the uh, hopefully and well he's going to incorporate next year at Carson High into his 10th grade academic development class and we met we had the best conversation he said I gotta tell you I was thumbing through I found the NX breathing practice I was reading it as I was reading I was breathing I finished that and I felt so calm I felt so alive and ready to go and that's a common Um, Well, and actually, you're
0: you're also saying happiness.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Why? And this is so fun, because I do student assemblies, and so I ask them, why does happiness matter? You know, and you get these blank stares from this great big Uh gym full of students. Why does happiness matter? We look at the way happy people behave. Happy people are nice, they're compassionate, they care about other people, they accept differences, they lend a hand, you know, and our world is crying out for compassion. You know, we just look around and, you know, we see the divisiveness, we feel it. You know, any time you turn on the news, you're like, oh, turn it off, stop, you know? And so, in positive psychology, you look at who is successful and happy, and then you look, well, what are they doing? And then we take those practices and implement them in our own lives, and pretty soon, oh my gosh, we're happier. And we know that something works, a practice, we know that it works, because our life gets better. You know, we might not be making more money. We might not have that great big house on the hill, but we're happy. Our relationships are better. Our inner sense of self is calm. I begin to know more and more who I am, what my strengths are, how I can show up positively in the world. So happiness matters because we're nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Nice what a great thing happy. to have in a school. A happy school. There a we go, people. School. Let's
0: strive let's for that. Let's do it. Well, we are uh, made it through, Molly. And so I'd like for folks to go out and check out Youth Positive. And the website is youthpositive.net. And if you want to reach out to Molly Dahl, who is the creator of Youth Positive, definitely check out her book. Um, it's fantastic. And so thank you for being here.
1: Thank you. Gosh, my pleasure. <laughs> this is fun.
0: All right. Well, thank you for tuning into The Sherry Hill Show, where business is amplified.